0: Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the My Fantasy Zamboni podcast. Uh, we are a man down again today. We've got no Andy today, but joining us this evening, as always, is Mr. David Grant. Hello, Dave. Good evening, Joe. How are we today?
1: Yeah, not too bad. It's, just, it's nearly Friday, so it's, it's all good.
0: Nearly Friday. Recovered from yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Quite a good day in the office yesterday, were it? We? No, not the best. Not the best. Uh, and we are also joined by the man, the mystery, the toothless legend himself, Mr. Gareth Dutton. Hello, Greth. Hello, Joe. Hello. How are we? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I still think you need to change your Twitter bio to just hashtag who is Gareth Dutton. Um. We're going to get this trending. I'm just, I'm just going to say it every episode until somebody tweets it. Um, anyway, uh, a lot of hockey gone over on over the last week. Again, Glasgow uh, beat Belfast five nil and the Steelers six one. Uh, so getting you know, four big points there um, in the run to the end of the season. Uh, Guildford picked up six points since the last time we recorded. So Great weekend for them. And Cardiff also picked up four points over the weekend. So, really making a a push for their title uh, campaign as well. Belfast obviously dropping a point this weekend, or dropping two points this weekend as well. So, obviously, uh, a bit of a shift in the fight for the title this year. Uh, Guys, what what have your highlights been over the last week?
1: Uh, You mentioned a couple of them. For me, Um, the clan have had a good uh, weekend. Uh, They were lucky. Um, An emotional game on the midweek against the Giants in the Challenge Cup. Um, beat them on the, the Sunday, then came Sheffield and you know stayed in second gear and just scored a load of goals. Um, but other highlights were, you know, like you said, the Flames getting the three wins in the three games, but also the Coventry Blaze um, getting three wins, in, in particular against Sheffield and in Nottingham. Um, so good uh, period of time, and also uh, winning in five. Um, good three games for Dennis Stewart's boys.
2: I heard that Blaze game was a uh, against Panthers, a smashing success for them. But also, <laughs> but, but also, my highlight would probably be the MK versus Cardiff game. Cardiff won 6-5, and MK were up 4-1 at one point as well, which I don't think anyone would have thought that would have happened, especially, well, how the season's gone for MK.
0: Yeah, that was the worst one for me. I mean, from
2: a perspective of, obviously, as we've said
0: before, you pick your sides, you don't want to see a team do a three-peat that's not your own, and there. Uh, that was that was a moment of uh, of excitement at that point. You know, you were sitting at home. Belfast are uh, are up nicely against Glasgow. Oh, and no, no, Cardiff are down a decent margin against MK. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, no, it's getting closer. No, it's getting closer. And yeah, no, we're done. So that was uh, that was an interesting one. Uh, but some, you know, some big blowout scores. Obviously, Guildford beating the Storm six one. That was a um against two teams fighting for a playoff push. It's a big result for Guilford. Coventry five for seven four win, so Coventry, as Dave says, really finding a way to put the points up on the board again uh, at the point where they're trying to make this playoff push. So a lot of teams putting in the effort to try and make their way onto that um, into the playoff. Uh, you know, final eight. Uh, obviously, Dundee getting a four-one win against Fife as well. So some real, real clutch results there. Um, <clears throat> some almost four-point results in 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 some in some ways, particularly when you're playing against another team battling against you. It's, it's it's certainly a double win in a sense when you're beating a team that you know you're trying to fight against to, to get up there in that final eight. Um, so yeah, some good some good games across the board. Um, we have some good news. This week um, we have no changes. I think it's the first time we've said this since week one. Um, the airport is now closed. We've got no more arrivals and departures. Um, the deadline has now gone. Um, so I think, boys, we can have a little party about this because <laughs> it was fairly time-consuming at times having eight or nine
1: changes in a week. Yes, the winter the winter schedule for the airline has finished and it's now having a rest for the summer. Um. So the party's on April twelfth. Yeah, it, no. <laughs> I'm I, I'm game for it. probably on April the twelfth.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Anyway, moving on from that, I mean, you know, there's no, no real content there, just a bit of a celebration <laughs> from us. Um, yeah, um, Greff, I'll throw this one over to you. Dops have been active again. I think there was uh, there was some talk that they have gone a bit quiet over the uh, the you know a few weeks ago, and then all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, they've uh, they've sprung into action. Do You want to tell us what they've been up to this week? Yeah,
2: they've they've posted two. They've looked at two reviews, they could say. The first one, Sean Betty Volgo, got suspended for two games for a check to the head. Watching the video myself, it it looks like he's just going into a it, thinking it's going to be a body hit. But as he's going in, the players took a shot at the last second. That's why, Yeah, we had the discussion about this before we went on air. That it, that's why it looks like it's, it's happened some fortunate, but I I say two games is about right would not you
1: I think for me the keys, as with most of the suspensions at DOPS of landed, it's just timing and I think Ben Tivoglio's timing has been just it's not been too off but it's just off enough it's also it's a little bit blindside but not too you know, to- not totally so you know I'm not sure that the the guy was fully aware of what was going to happen but I think, yeah, I'm with you. I think two games is, contact ahead. head, you've, you've got to have, in this day and age of hockey, you've got to have some suspension. Um, so I think two games is about right. Um, I think any more, and I think it'd have been a bit too much, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, I I'm completely agree with that. I think two games is pretty spot on. Um, we've said quite frequently, in fairness, probably against regular public opinion as as put over across social media um, I think I think we're against the majority on that front in that I think generally speaking we've, we've kind of thought that dops have been quite consistent with the bans they've given out um, I think a two game ban for this is, is pretty spot on um, a Careless hit yeah fair enough I agree with you Gref it looks like he's going for a body hit um, Guy opens up his body as he goes for a shot right hand shot as well um you know, so he's going to open that side of the body as his, as his shot's coming in. Obviously, if he was a left-hand shot, he'd, his body would have been facing at that point, more than likely. Um, but, you know, it's an unfortunate hit, it's an unfortunate contact. For me, it looks like he extends his arm, doesn't look to me like he's extending his arm up into the head, it looks more like he's extending his arm as if he's thinking he's going to get body contact to try and drive the, the hit through the body, um, and it looks like he's, just, he's obviously just mistimed it. We, we've talked about how hard it is to make hits like that, particularly open ice, um, you go a split second late or you go a split second off to the wrong side. Um, you know, it, it it can be the difference. It's, you know, it's a very, very fine line. Um, the one that it reminded me of, I think it, you guys might have to correct me if I'm wrong here, but it, it looked very similar to the hit that actually took out Liam Stewart, which I believe I may be wrong, which I believe was Bente Voglio on that hit as well. It was. Yes. Um, And that hit again, for me, there wasn't a great deal wrong with it. I, I, well, I say again, the difference between the two hits is the Stewart hit is timed perfectly from a perspective of getting the shoulder. The problem is Stewart's shoulder is up by his head. The momentum's gone through the shoulder to the head. Um, By the way, obviously, that it looked in the video, we've only got the videos to go off, but that's that's my honest opinion. It looks like this is a very, very similar hit. He's just mistimed it, gone slightly, either come slightly further forward or it's mistimed it just very, very slightly. And obviously, that's, that's the runoff effect, but two games, pretty spot on for me.
2: I agree, though, it's pretty spot on. And the second incident was the well, MK's Martin Mazieks assessed a match penalty for a headbutting. There's no video for this one, so we can't really, for us three ourselves, we can't actually see if that actually was a headbutt. But looking at the report itself, they've gone over what states, a player who attempts the headbutt will be assessed a double minor penalty, to which they have downgraded it to a two plus two which that could have in, in, say MK were fighting for a playoff spot that could have swung it in that in Cardis defence making him lose it because they'd be down a the player then they're down a the defenceman
1: uh, yes yeah, again yeah, I see in the video you can't really say for certain if it's excuse me, the right call or not, but gauging on the fans who were there um, in, in Cardiff, a lot of them were saying it, at the time it was a bit of a harsh call. So going on that, you know, the downgrade sounds like it's probably the right call. And you've seen it before a number of times where, you know, the referees assumed on what they've one view they've had of an incident and they've made a call and they've just been downgraded. So it's not a criticism of the referees on the day, Um I don't think it would have made much of a difference because it was like, really late on in the game, I think. Um, members says we're right. So, you know, the right, it, by all accounts, without seeing it, the right decision has come. Uh, and so, you know, fair play, Dops, uh, forget it right.
0: Yeah, it's a difficult one for us to, to, to comment on, isn't it? It's, um, as you say, there's no video. Um, Yeah, I find it quite baffling that an attempted headbutt should be given a 2 plus 2. I think if you're showing the intent to headbutt somebody and just miss, I'm quite surprised that in this day and age with the, you know, particularly with the way the league seems to be stepping in a direction to try and stop the big hits, to try and stop the fighting, it just kind of baffles me that an attempted headbutt is only a 2 plus 2 penalty. I appreciate that... There's no contact, so it might, it would have been less severe than if there is contact. But surely the intent to headbutt is enough to at least justify a match penalty. Um, you don't know what angle the referee's seen. If the referee's seen his head move and just not being at the right angle to see if contact's been made, um, you, know, you, can't, you can't argue with the decision to give him a match ban. As you say, Gref, at the end of the day, it could have made a difference in the game. I don't. I have no idea when it was in the game. I've just, I'm looking at the article now. It's 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 pretty sparse, to be fair, the article. It doesn't even tell you the time of the incident, so I wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to say. But, you know, yes, the extra body may have made a difference, but you can see it from a referee's perspective. Um, if if he's seen a headbutt being thrown in a game, obviously a game that may start heating up. It's a close game as well. Maybe they're thinking, you know, I think he made contact. Let's get him out of the situation where we might do it again. Um Obviously, DOPS have reverted it. The one thing for me from this, I'll throw this out to both of you, because the one thing for me from this is, I don't mind it if DOPS don't announce when they make a decision that no further action should be taken. So, if, as an example, if a player makes a hit, a team requests a review, or a a player gets 2 plus 10 for checking from behind, and it's automatically reviewed, and the decision is the call on the ice was right. So either no call or just two plus 10 is sufficient. They don't put that out on social media. I have no issues with that. For me, if they're going to put an article up to say, this is the incident, this was the ban, it's been downgraded, I think it should be given the same treatment as if they're saying it's been upgraded or he's been given a ban. I think we should be seeing a video, an incident like this because if nothing else, you've now got a load of Devils fans saying I was at the game and he threw, I've seen people say he threw two or three headbutts and made contact. Now, you know, at the moment we can only speculate and say, well, we can only assume they didn't because the people, the, you know, because Dops have reviewed the video and decided nothing. But we can't objectively say, no, yeah, yeah, you know, no, there was no contact, and yes, this is the right decision. I just think, it, I just think, for clarity's sake, a video would make more sense.
1: It would do. Um, however, just flipping the coin there for a minute, you uh, you had the video of the the fight Manchester debacle, um, and everyone still said that you know Dup's got it wrong. Um, it's you know it's, I suppose it's, it's part of the course, you know, but it's, it's, you know it's what you get when that, that type of scenario. So, um, I think a video that would, that would explain why the league's decided it. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I think that would have, aided that you know, I suppose it would help the education of, of the casual fan that sees this singers, why has that happened? Um, not that it's just for the casual fan, you know, even long standing fans, you never stop learning every day's a school day, as I say. Um, yeah, yeah, it would be helpful, but, uh, in, in fairness, I suppose that's the one area that, for whatever reason, the league's not been as sharp on this year um, in terms of the, the getting the, the video material the content out. So all being well come the off-season, you know, they can, re, you know, regather, sort their objectives, sort what they need to do, sort the timescales and and get back to where they were a couple of years ago where, you know, within days, a couple of days, not only was a decision, the video, everything was done, bang, and you knew where you started and you saw why. The league had gone from on how they went.
2: There's not really much I can say apart from what you have already said. It would be good to for it to have a video and have the same effect as a player that's actually getting a suspension. It it helps everyone, and then yeah, at least then you'll have everyone. You you still get the same fans going. They've got it wrong. Oh no, they've got it wrong, but.
1: Yeah. yeah, you froze there Gref, sorry <laughs>
0: um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree I completely agree. it was just something that I thought that the point kind of, it, it raised that kind of question, um, it's always going to be a question that's asked, you're never going to please everybody particularly in that kind of job, um, you see it in the NHL um, at the end of the day when you're looking at the big show, the lead that everybody aspires to, and they're not making decisions, um, or, or they, sorry, they're making controversial decisions that not everybody agrees with, it just shows you the fact that these, you know you're not going to get it right every time. You're not going to please everybody. Um, while we're on the NHL, actually, we might as well stay on the topic. There is another controversial thing that is uh, that's happening in the NHL, uh, which has a bit more of a domestic implication or a bit more of a domestic relevance, uh, particularly to Dave and myself, um, between the three of us today, um, because the Carolina Hurricanes have started to do their own version of the Eddie as uh, as some Steelers fans are saying on Twitter. Um, Dave, I'll throw it over to you. You want to give us a bit more of an explanation?
1: Yeah, I mean, out of the blue, um, Carolina have started doing these wild and funky things um, after wins at home. Now, Sheffield fans and those who've been to Steelers games will have seen... That after a home victory for the Steelers that one of the players does a lap and does something, you know, fake rowing, swimming and all that malarkey. The Elite League, you know, it's not the, the top league in the world, is it? Carolina have gone, well, do you know what? We're going to do it. And in fairness, some of them have been quite entertaining. Apart from one of its not so good fans of it, Mr. Don Cherry himself, the vo- one of the voices of Hockey Night Canada, Um you know, he, he's he's not been complimentary. He's called them all jerks. Um, fair play to Carolina against some t-shirts outdone it. I've got to say that. But
0: uh, and the Twitter handle as well,
1: and the Twitter, the Twitter bio. They, 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 it's kind of upset the apple cart in terms of what the NHL does and its engagement with the fans. Um, I don't know about your two. What you what your two think? I, I don't care. It doesn't upset me. It's For me, you know, the team's... So the argument that Don Cherry comes out with is disrespectful to the team and it's a bit too arrogant. It's rubbing it in. Um, I disagree in this entirely. The team's off. So the whole opposition are off the ice before this happens. So it's purely the Carolina team and their fans. And you know what? With the, the NHL, like all the major leagues, so regimental, so structured, so routined... And it just gives them a, you know, chance to just express themselves and show a bit of a human side. I, I, am struggling to find a, a problem or something that's wrong with it. And I think I, I, like Don Cherry. I like
2: he's always been entertaining, but I think he's wide of the mark on this one. I think he is very wide of the mark. It's in that in the NHL itself, he both teams go up straight away. There's no like handshakes or anything. They just go straight off. The next three players you'll see are with the three stars and that's it. With this, it's, it's interacting with the fans. You're engaging with them. I mean, I think at one point Carolina was, their fan base was going a bit down a little bit because obviously they weren't doing too well. And with North Carolina and hockey isn't, it's not really a hockey city, you could say. But it's it building up, getting higher and higher and higher. And then Doing this is even better. It's entertaining. I mean, what, even with you guys, when you used to do it, it's entertaining. It's funny to watch. Even as a neutral, it's funny to watch. It's – I think it's brilliant. And I, I those T-shirts are a brilliant idea. <laughs> no, absolute quality. No, I,
0: I'm – I'm in agreement with both of you. I mean, Dave, to quote Meatloaf, you uh, you took the words right out of my mouth with that one. I really don't care. Um, that's that's the bottom line. Um, if they want to do something at the end of the game, do something at the end of the game. That's that's fine. I don't I don't see what the issue is with them doing it. I don't agree with Don Cherry. I don't think it's disrespectful to the other team. It's not like they're saying, right, before you guys go off, we're going to skate around and rub it in your face. Um, take it to its logical extremity. Used to, you know, are oh, we then saying that the captain of the winning team for the Stanley Cup, skating around with the Cup, is disrespectful because the team that they've just beaten has just lost out on winning the Stanley Cup. I know it's not the same argument, but if you follow the same logic that Don Cherry's using, the team have gone off the ice, and the team that have won are celebrating. Yes, it's with a Cup. Yes, they've got more reason, but the team are off the ice. Celebrate with your fans. There's nothing wrong with it. it. I think it's always been quite an alien concept to people in the elite league to see the fact that the NHL players just disappear it's, it's bizarre it's like so as soon as the final whistle goes it's like a fire drill everybody just goes off there's no handshakes there's no everybody stay on them on the ice for the away team presentation and then the 50 50 and shirt raffle and all that it's literally just final whistle's gone everybody off and then obviously as Gref says some of them skate to the middle of the ice and raise the sticks some of them just go off and then the three stars come out and that's it um the one thing that i'll say about this is it gives carolina an identity um you look at a lot of teams in the in the nhl today and you've got a lot of teams that are getting an identity now um you know your original six in a sense you can leave out of it because they're the original six if anything for a lot of those teams that is their identity but then you look at you know even some of them have got an identity within them you obviously got the Broad Street Bullies. Um, you know even even for past events like the bobby or goal for boston and and things like that you've got a lot of identity to a lot of teams even if you just look at teams that have got a standout um franchise player the penguins they've got the two-headed monster they've got malkin and they've got crosby um you know washington have got a Vetchkin. new york obviously sorry, new york rangers have obviously got lunkbist Islanders obviously had Tavares and if anything, the way that Tavares has gone and the manner in which Tavares has gone and the way that Islanders have turned their season round has almost given them an identity in the themselves this season. Um, and then obviously you've got Philly probably making the biggest bid for identity with the just absolute abomination of a mascot that is gritty. Um, there's, there was never anything about Carolina. Or, you know, in, in recent years at least, you know, they've never really contested for a Stanley Cup over the last few years. They've not got a particularly standout player that you go, oh, this is this guy's going to, you know, every time he steps out on the ice, this guy's going to score a goal. You know, they've given themselves an identity. I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, but I kind of, I suspect that maybe, you know, Don Cherry's a guy that strives off controversy. Um, you know, he, he sunk his teeth well and truly into that. I, I wonder if it is his full opinion but you know as, as a guy who as, I mean Dave you said this to me yesterday when we were talking about it at the Steelers game I don't really think he can say anything about it being different given the fact that particularly since his exit from the actual import you know Input to a game physically for a team since he's stepped to that side and gone more to the media side. Um, you have to put a pair of sunglasses on every time he steps on the, on the screen because his suit's blind Um, you he, know, he's, he has he's a, certainly... he has a very
1: fetching uh, uh, wardrobe. I think, yeah. I think PK Subban's got the inspiration from him, <laughs> yeah, um,
0: exactly, exactly. Um, you know, he's, he's certainly no, no stranger to, uh, to a bit of difference. So, I, you know, it may be a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black if he's going after it because it's different. Um, I wonder if it's just kind of he's liking the kind of the, the controversy side of things. It's a time for him to go down his rant. It's what he's known for. He's known for his big, um, you know, dramatic, I'm in the suit, I'm on the screen, I'm coming out with my big point. And, you know, fair play. It's, it's led for a good bit of reading over Twitter. Um, and as we say, the, the response from Caroline has been brilliant as well. So, now for me, it's, it's all good all round. But if they want to do it, they want to do it. Fine.
1: Nah, they've, I think Caroline have handled it well um they've played it superb uh, and if them t-shirts are on sale ever in the UK i think i'd even i'd buy one because i just think you know that's absolute spot on they they've nailed they've nailed the response Superbly the depends what like you said you know without identity they've kind of gone yeah okay that's us and yeah. so what
0: yeah although the one did make me laugh when they used to skate into the net when they used to do the they did they started off by doing the guard of honour and then a player sliding into the net didn't they and I'm pretty sure they probably picked up a couple of knocks from that and uh, probably thought okay maybe let's change this up slightly from players just plummeting themselves into the back of the net um, but yeah you know, we'll, we'll leave that as it is I mean I think we're all in agreement that it's if it's what they want to do then do it it's not really affecting anyone, um, but I will stick with the NHL again. Um, liking this, I'm managing to keep a consistent theme and uh, segue into things. Um, the NHL as a whole, guys, we're we're coming to the end of a season pretty much for the elite league. We're getting to that latter part, and equally, we're getting to that latter part for the NHL as well. A little bit different this season. There's a few big teams that you wouldn't expect to see up there. Uh, There's Buffalo that had everybody thinking they were going to be up there and then drop like a lead balloon. Um, Sorry, Gref. And then, um, you know, you've got got teams that you wouldn't have expected to be up there. Hello, Dave, with the Islanders there. Um, Yeah, let's just
1: talk about the Metropolitan Division. Let's just talk about that for five minutes.
0: I'm fine to talk about the Met Division whilst we're in that playoff spot. I don't care.
1: (laughs) Hey. Let's just talk about the rarity of the Metropolitan Division, the number one top-ranked team that oh, no one, no thing- one in their right mind would have expected.
0: No, and uh, the worst thing about it is you guys have probably got probably one of the biggest gaps in terms of wage as well. You see some teams having to drop players to make space and make wage cap, and you guys have probably got the biggest space in terms of how much yeah. wage cap you've got left. Um, you never really replaced Tavares with anybody, you know, standout. But we. It's a bad comparison because it's an elite league team comparing with an NHL team. But we said this at the start of the season with Coventry. May not have panned out that way. They're in the playoff push, but they're at the bottom end of the the table. But we said this at the start about Coventry. Coventry didn't have any players on their roster that we sat there at the start of the season and went, he's going to be brilliant. And I think probably at least a couple of us had Coventry in our bottom three because of that reason. But we all said you know how easy it is for a team that's not got anybody to write home and shout about to come through because all the players, if the players play together, it doesn't matter whether they can score 100 goals in the NHL or not. If you can't play with the two guys on his line, it doesn't matter. And I think, to be fair, I think that's what's happened to you guys. I think if anything, Tavares leaving has just kind of driven you to kind of say, "Yep, yeah, okay, you might be going to a playoff contender, but we're going to contend ourselves this year.
1: I think the whole story of the season on Long Island um, has been probably the story of the NHL. If, if you look at it from Tavares leaving, and bear, bear in mind, his first visit to to the island is this time next week. Um, so, uh, yes, I think I may be uh, enjoying watching that one because uh, they, they're, they're doing a tribute video to him to so say thank you. Um, I'm not sure how well that's going down. reading some of the the fans' groups around the Islanders one, There's not a lot of love for that uh, concept. But uh, so a mass on,
0: bonfire of uh, Tavares' jerseys burning. <laughs>
1: I... I, I, I when I went over and I was stunned how many jerseys that were of '91 Tavares had been doctored of a traitor or previous players that I wore '91. I, I, you expect one or two, but there was hundreds. It was really surprising. Um, so yeah, I think you know next phase will be fun and games for that one. But you look at the, you look at how you know the Islanders had been awful. And, and Joe, you enjoyed reminding me on a regular basis last season how bad the Islanders were. And yeah, they were. Even Buffalo fans were, were giving them grief. And rivalry, particularly
0: so. the previous two seasons when we won Stanley Cups and I could actually back it up now you might exactly. actually go further <laughs> it, it, than
1: us so. exactly so. so and if you look at the past 25 years no one on the island has had anything to celebrate apart okay. from one playoff series that's it they brought in Lula Marella which was a bit of a surprise but it turned things around in terms of attitude and culture Barry Trotz surprisingly left for Washington after winning the cup gone over to there and It seems to have just turned things around. You've got two goals which you didn't think would be standouts. They've been both standouts. So both, you know, they've got you know career year stats so far. Um, and the the thing you mentioned about no one replacing Tavares, you've actually got no one that stood out in terms of points. You've just got a load of people with a load of mid number points, and it's just depth from one to from first line to fourth line.
0: You didn't even um, really bring in a big goalie, though, either. That was the thing. No, like, you, we, we it's not even points. like you've gone, oh, we'll trade somebody for, like, Sergei Bobrovsky and brought in, like, a top-end netty. You've so, just brought in a, two stable netminders and kind of trotted along the season just winning games. It's just, well, it it's,
1: kind it's, of, I mean, and then to bring an league a link to it, um, a lot of reports, they praised the netminding coach of the Islanders who was ex-Sheffield Steelers netminder, Piero Greco um and a lot of people say you no know, he's he's worked well and really brought the best out of him Robert Lerner has has, has been through the um I think it was a was it the substance program a couple of years back and he's had his own problems but he's really shining this year Um Thomas Grice um not he the Grice weren't right last season but the Grice is right this year they look at the stats they've, they've, they're they all bought into the system and it's just a huge turnaround. Any Islanders fan would never have been able to think they'd be at top of the Metropolitan Division for, you know, a day. They'd have, they'd have celebrated that. they have been getting the, the parade bus out for a day. About a week or so, a week, two weeks. We've had, we've had a fair bit of time now on the top, and it's, it's just something that no Islanders fan for 25 years has had something to shout about. This team's giving them something to shout about. I and feel that's like that's you
0: I feel like you guys are going to be that cringy team that bring out, like, conference champions at the end of the line. Like, see, I, I don't, do you know those I ones that will like, get kicked will. out in the second round of the playoffs, but then, like, you see all the fans walking down in, oh, we won the conference, yeah.
1: I, I don't think... Well, we're not going to win the conference if you've got Tampa Bay, just boss
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, division champions, then. Let's go even further down in the rankings of cringy. <laughs> I,
1: I, see, I don't, I don't think they would. I can see some teams doing it, but I just... I think... You've got lots of, like I say, Lamarillo and all understands but understand tradition and history. Why would you celebrate a division when, you've, when you're based on a history of a, of a dynasty of four to cups on the trail? Mm. I, I'm just not sure we'd do that. Um, but, you know, I'd love to talk about the Islanders for, for all night, but, you know, let's mention Tampa Bay, uh, and they are just bossing the NHL. And I, I'll say now, I think we'll win the cup. My, money, my money's on Tampa Bay. I know there's a few teams that could make the passing go and push them. If Tampa Bay don't win it this year, then I think it'll be a while for them because they've got everything, everything stacked in their favour. They've got good net minding, the defence is solid, the forwards are on fire. And we'll just have to mention Kachira. Just that. Done, dusted, and
2: that's your reasons why I think they'll win the Cup. I mean, are you sure the NHL didn't finish it at the end of November? You know, when we were first, not 16th. Yeah, I think your players were at the <laughs> end of November. But yeah, I mean, I'm not looking forward to Buffalo's next game because we're playing Tampa. So that's not good, but yeah, it's never good when you're playing Tampa at this point. <laughs> although I do think they they probably they probably like the main team that's probably up there for everyone to say, yeah, you're yeah, you're probably going to win the stomach up this year, because I'd say so as well.
0: Yeah, um i'm going to go down a different line in terms of um who i think will win the cup but i'll come back to that in a second um i mean you look at the points leaderboard um i mean kucherov's at the top there with 99 points in 61 games um and you don't have to look that far down to see brayden point fifth in the league with 78 um it, it's just and then Stamkos in eighth with 73 it's baffling um it's basically like what you what you saw, particularly previous. I mean, you can still pretty much see it with with Colorado with Rantanen and, and, uh, and McKinnon, but then you just look at the rest of the stats for Tampa. I mean, is is Davis? You say Andre Vasilevsky in goal is just playing absolutely outstanding at the moment. He's a brick wall. Um, you know, the defense, the likes of big, um, you know, Victor Hedman at the back. They're just a unit. They really, really are a unit. Um, and it shows, I mean we're talking in terms of points, uh, 61 games for the two top teams in the NHL at Tampa and Boston, uh, Boston are on 80 in second place in the league. Tampa are on 96. They lead the NHL by 16 points with no games in hand to the guy, the team in second. That's baffling. You look at the goal difference, the second team in the league in goal difference is Toronto plus 41 Tampa have got plus 80 it, it, it's just like you know there's, no, there's nobody even coming close um, the other team for me to stand out just quickly I'm conscious that um, maybe some people listening don't necessarily um, care too much about the NHL so we'll, we'll try and move it on swiftly but the other team for me to mention just quickly is Calgary um, very very similar to, to the Islanders in terms of their general standings um, in the league and their general qualification for the playoffs. Uh, and they're sitting the top of the Western division. When again, not a great deal of huge, um, you know, signings, obviously they brought in James, the real deal, Neil. Um, they've got Johnny, Johnny Goodrow at the top, um, obviously coming strong with the points, but again, another team that have actually turned into an absolute unit this season. Um, it's going to be interesting at the top. I'm going to go in a bit of a, um, a bit of a, an off pace one. Uh, I think, the ones hoisting the cup this year, it may be a bit sour for Dave. I think it'll be. I think it'll be Toronto. I think we'll see Tavares lifting the cup. Um, and it's not necessarily for Tavares. I just. I kind of think with the way they're in at the moment, Anderson's playing well. Um, he had a few injuries, but in fairness, they've covered that well. Um, you know, you've got Tavares. You've got Mitch Marner. Um, obviously, Austin Matthews coming off the back of a nice new signing. Uh, um, you know, a new contract. Um, I think if they've got a shot at the cup, they've got to do it in the next three years. And, uh, you know, they're making a good bid at the moment, a third in the Eastern division. So
1: that's who I put my money on. I think I speak for Gref that we'd actually be happy if Toronto make the third round, because then we're not going to see Anderson in the World Championships. And we (laughs) at least have a less chink against Denmark in their armoury. So, yeah. But you know what? As much as the whole Tavares thing happened, you know, he's, he's playing well, he's getting points, he's on a great line with Matthews. And, you know, you listen to you know, some, some other podcasts, NHL-based podcasts. They're, they're all saying they're a, a relaxed team in a city that is not known for relaxed sports teams, especially the Maple Leafs. Um, so who knows? They may finally win the Cup. Um,
0: yeah. First time since 67. It would be interesting over 50, to see.
1: Over 50 years, you know so but that's the so, thing
0: but I think last year with the reason Washington got the win was because they didn't have as much pressure on them you know the last few years before that Washington were like winning the President's Trophy they were the, they were the ones to beat and then it came to playoffs and they choked last year they came in a little bit behind on the runnings and just stormed it and I think the thing is with Toronto they've gone that long without a Stanley Cup now that it's like there's no pressure it's just like okay let's, let's see what we can do um, it's bizarre
1: I disagree slightly on the and the reason being is that there is always pressure to win in Toronto. It's that. No, no, no. no. I don't necessarily no, no, mean there's no pressure, it's, it's, it's but there's it's less pressure of, than there has been. in It's 20 on years par now. with with the with the Rangers. Sorry, I, I nearly give them their uh, nearly give them their, um, their Long Island nickname. Um, is there's that pressure to win? Um, so, who knows? You know, I, I, you know Toronto will make. Uh, although at the moment they're they're third um, in the uh, Atlantic. Um, third in the Eastern. Third in the Eastern, yeah. Um, so who knows? I think you know. Let, let's see how it goes. The next, the next ten, twelve games will really decide who's going to really pitch in and who's going to be the ones that is going to be stringed on to the fight. The eighth game of the season to to make the postseason or join Buffalo on on the golf course.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Graf
1: It's
2: fine. Fair At play. least we're not we're not failing for Darling this year. That was last year. It's not. We're not going for Hughes we're leaving that for LA Kings or Ottawa or someone like that or Red Wings.
0: yeah this is true this is true uh, one last thing that I'll say before we move off off the NHL topic it's a, an interesting stat that I heard the other day um, there's obviously, obviously we've got 31 teams in the NHL currently with the addition of Vegas last year um, there have been um, two teams that look like they could easily contest for a playoff spot this year um, they're either in that bracket or they are just short of that bracket uh, to make the playoffs at the moment. But there are two teams currently that look like they could make playoffs, that in 2019, not just this season, in 2019, so in this calendar year, um, have occupied the 31st spot in the league in the NHL. So there are two teams currently that may make playoffs that have had such a run in 2019 that they've actually moved from dead last in the league to push for the playoffs. They are Chicago, Chicago, and St. Louis. St. Louis are currently in third in in the Central Division, so they're currently in a playoff spot without a wild card. Um, Chicago are currently um, tied on points with Colorado, who are in the last position for the wild card in the Western Division. So both of them, it wouldn't be completely unplausible to see both of them make playoffs. It's only happened, I think, six times previously in the NHL, so it's a pretty... I heard it, I thought it was an impressive stat, so I just thought...
1: It just it just proves if you go on a run in any league, NHL, Elite League, KHL, don't matter if you go on a run of games and you get wins, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, you give yourself the best chance of making the postseason.
0: Yeah, yeah. it also shows to bring it back, to, you know, as you say, to bring more, you know, applicability back to the Elite League. Look at Chicago. Even, you know, look at Chicago 10 years ago. Chicago were an absolute powerhouse. Um, you know, bring, raking in the Stanley Cups, you know, having Taze, Kane, um, you know, Seabrook, Keith, you know, Crawford, absolute Stormwall at the back. They were an absolute unit and they were bringing in Stanley Cups. All of a sudden, they have just hit rock bottom. And as I said, they're fighting their way back up again now, but they have not had a good couple of seasons. I don't see any difference realistically in that, between that and what's happening this year in the Elite League particularly with the Steelers, obviously the Steelers are the team that you would often see up in the top end of the bracket, not necessarily same with an elite league win, but top end of the bracket. It's the same kind of thing. You know, if you have an off season, you have an off season, the rest of the teams in the league ain't going to wait because they want you to maintain your position in the top three. Um, It happens. Um, We'll move, we'll move from that. And in fairness, this, this again could kind of merge the two together more as a comparison. Um, it's, this, it's this phrase that's been plastered across British ice hockey in particular uh, that we like to maintain that it is a family sport, or particularly in Sheffield, I'm not quite sure the application in other cities, but particularly in Sheffield, we like to maintain this phrase, family sport. Um, it's a place where you can go where there's no swearing. Um, it's a family sport. Uh, may have been a phrase that's been stretched a little bit, um, maybe a little bit too much at times. Um, but there's some debate as to whether it's tilting more towards not being that family sport anymore. I just thought, open it up, see what you guys thought.
1: I, I think uh, it's, it's, it's not been the season where all, all's good and Sheffield has been welled up into this podcast and mine everywhere else. And you see the uh, the, the rawness and the worse the side of people. Me personally, um, I'm of the belief that the atmosphere should be a, a welcome one to families. That you can have a daughter, son, five, six, seven, eight, nine, however old they are. They can come along to a game. They can be safe. Um, you know, it's not a intimidating to fans atmosphere. And I want to make a dif- differentiation for that. And they can come along and enjoy themselves. Do I think we go sometimes too far and make it too, you know, hold it as a beacon? It's a family sport. Me personally, I do, and it may come across a bit controversial because the conversation that's been a lot this week is, you know, especially people who go to games and drink and go to games and have a few drinks. Now, all all three of us have been known to go to games, guilty, and, uh, and have a beverage or two. Nottingham. You know, in fairness, and this is not Chris, I'm not going to just carry on before I say it. A lot of their trade on Saturday nights are people that go to the hockey as part of their night out. They go for a few beers, they go to the hockey, then they go on for the night out. It's all part of. And that's, and that's why they make the trade. That's why they've got good attendances over the last few years. And that they will like continue to off. do that. Oh, I, I, I agree. You know, it's a great location for a for city centre. So, you know, make it part of your night out. Um, and,
0: and their beer I, isn't quite as expensive as it is in... in... The arena, no, I I, if I remember just, rightly, I can't really
1: remember. I think it's a, just a bit, you know, it's a bit shade less. But I, do I do I want to see f- chance you hear at football, not football mentality. I'll stress that, or chance you do hear the NHL, which questions the parentage um, of the referee and other actions that the referee may do. Europe as well, here in Europe as well. So yeah, Europe. Yeah, um, some of the rinks that we've been to. Um, myself and Joe and myself and Gref, you do hear some interesting chants in use of terminology. Do I want to see that? No, I don't. I, I, I think that it's the one thing that does give, in this country, the uniqueness that allows people to come to games. You know, you could go with your family. You're going have three or four generations of a family go to the game together. I'll be honest, it was the one thing we, as a family, did. And that was three generations because you know it was it was it was good fun, it was it was accessible, but it was safe. And you know, I, I'd like it has to keep that way, but I think some I think the definition of the family sport has changed. But as long as the principle of it is safe and welcoming for families to come to the game, not to the away team, players, make an atmosphere that supports the home team and make it a bit of a, a cauldron. But not to the way fans, just to you know, to put them off, as as home fans should do. Example, Kikori, Um Then, I, I I that's what I'd like it to to maintain at. But if it gets you know, it goes down to some of the chants that we've heard, especially in Salzburg, I don't I don't want to see that. I, I just don't. There's no place for it. It was funny though oh yeah it's funny because it's like wow it's that that stiff upper upper British type of oh oh, dear I've never heard that before in a hockey match
0: it's again a shock to the system when you're not used to seeing it same as like we were saying with like the NHL is going straight off after the game it's that thing that you're not used to hearing at a home game and all of a sudden you go abroad and it's are they saying what I think they're saying I mean you heard some of the translations of the songs that the Lexans fans were singing in um, in our pre-season friendlies against them and that was the same it was just you just think oh okay Maybe they don't share the same mentality that we do.
1: It was like the fourth... It was the 450 Shades book, some of their chants. Um,
2: <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I don't know what... Gref, I don't know what you think. Um, it's, you pretty much hit the, the nail straight on there. Um, minus, I'm all for, like, making... Well, making the UA fans feel unwelcome. making them feel like going, yeah, I don't want to... Oh, great, we've got to go up to that rink. Because it's... Great atmosphere. It's when, obviously, you get the fans that take it a bit too far, which you, you're you going to get, unfortunately, in some places. And, unfortunately, that happens. But you can see from clubs that are taking a stand on that. So that's, that's pretty good to see that they're actually doing that. I mean, hearing those kind of chants, that's... Not something you want to... You see it on, like, in the Premier League or in Champions League or over in the Spanish League or French Leagues, but you don't really see it in hockey in hockey over here, the chance of... I will go into the details of it for, like, the sexuality and stuff. It's not something you want to hear. But, like, it... As a, as a kid myself, when I first went to Harker, I went with my mum and my nan. And it was great to go to because we felt safe. And that's how it should be. You should go to feel safe, feel you want the game. You, you love to come back to the game. You want to come back more and more and more. I mean, it gets you hooked, hooked on the game if the, the atmosphere is great, the fans are great, and then the game's even better.
0: Yeah, I'm just, you know, I mean, I think we're all the same, you know, we've, in fact, and I know we're all the same. I mean, Gref, I know you get, you know, as you say, you start going like that with family. Um... Dave, I mean, you know, you still go with family now. I still go with family now. That's that's how I started going. It, it's yeah, I don't mind the idea of. It's a place that people feel like they can bring the kids, and that's the key thing for me. Is it's a place where you can go where the whole arena isn't chanting as we say those shall we say less appropriate chants um, to keep it very PC. Um, but that's that that's the thing. That's the cutoff for me. It's we're not chanting these chants. It's, globally understood by everybody in that arena hockey isn't the sport in this country where you sing those chants you go across to Europe and as you say they pile the away fans into a cage <laughs> you know, they piled the when we played Salzburg the game ended with them singing some pretty questionable chants directed at us as fans with 90% of the ultras with drums, one foot on the barrier in front, waving the shirts above the head, chanting things about how good we were as a team and uh, and what we should do with ourselves. Um, so it, it's just like you just think you contrast that and then you get people saying, is it still a family sport? Because there's a couple of newbies that sat behind me and uh, they, they had a few to drink and they were swearing to their friends. I don't see why that's any different to the risk that you take if you get the bus with your kids or you go to McDonald's and you're with your kids and there's a couple of idiots that just, you know, maybe there are a couple of rowdy teens that have just learnt a few new words and want to shout them at each other or maybe it's a guy that's had a few too many drinks. You take that risk anywhere. There's no way that we could guarantee that there's not going to be a couple of fans dotted around the arena in certain areas that haven't had too many to drink or that haven't got a bit too heated about the game and start to Discuss the game with each other a bit too loudly for people to like, but it still doesn't mean it's not a family sport. And the other thing is, with this, we've stretched this family sport thing so tight now that it's starting to even be mentioned with actions on the ice. And I, I, we've seen it with hits, with people saying, "This hit's been made," but it's a family sport.
1: But it's hockey. What was it? <laughs> it, is it, it was. It was. Wasn't a family appropriate action? I, I think it was the the comment made. Yeah. Um, but
0: that, I mean, that's one of many. That's that was the yeah. first. That was the first highlight one. That was the first one that that we saw, which was, which was the key eye opener. But I, I mean, I've seen it since. I've seen it about the Mosey hit and things like that. People saying it's a family sport. and You're making hits like that, and you just think it's a family sport. But you're bringing your kids to a to, to a hockey game. You're not going to take your kids to a boxing match and tell the referee. Oh, by the way, there's a couple of kids sat in the third row. Can you just tell them to only punch below, you know, to the to the midsection? We don't want any face punches because there's kids in the crowd. You oh, know I'll what say, you're bringing them to.
1: I'll say one thing about the vast majority of Hockey fans, um, and because you, you, something you mentioned about fans getting passionate and, and you get into the game and you you start you know see something you, you you question something and you get louder, you you get you know motive. Um, most hockey fans are actually quite good at self-policing. Is that if the the, the area section are adults, um, it's not as as right, but if there's kids around. You know, there's a, a lot more self restraint. If, if, if mistakes happen, then there's, I, I've seen it a number of times. Apologies are made. You know, sorry, we're meant to hear. It. And in most, vast majority of parents have gone, okay, you know, it's understandable. You know, you see a bad, bad hit, and you, you, you know, you, you see. And I, 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 I don't know if it's the same in Manchester, but you know, you you talk, you, you, you speak to fans around league, and you see a lot of self policing of, you know, hang on a minute, there's a six-year-old down there. You know, you don't want to start using that type of language, do you?
0: The other thing that I think makes it worse is sometimes people get a bit too g up with the fact that somebody's done it. They, you know, you see it every, every so often where somebody says something to somebody because they've been swearing. And you just think, you know, like if people can then go over on Twitter and Facebook and say, oh, well, these couple of guys behind us had too many and they were swearing at each other. And I turned around and told them to stop and they started swearing at me. And you think, well, you've just acknowledged the fact they'd had a few too many, so maybe probably not the best idea to, with your kids still there, turn around and ask some people who are swearing because they're drunk to sw- stop swearing while they're still drunk. I, I just, I just think you just, it's just one of those things. All right, you might turn your nose up at and go home and go, can you believe them too? You know, tell your kids, or oh, don't use language like that. But I, it's just, it's blowing up a little bit too much for me. I just, I, I have no issues with anybody who has an opposing view. By the way, if people think that it's completely wrong. That's that's fine. I think you'd probably find a bit of a split in terms of opinion between people who've got kids and people who haven't, and I think you'd also see a split between people who've got kids and don't mind and people who've got kids and do. But I, that's that's it for me. You know, I just I just think it's stretching a little bit too far now.
1: I think social media also is a bad thing in terms of the protection of the family sport image. Where, like you just said, I mean, there was a, there's a particular story that uh, of an incident in Nottingham. Uh, we'll we'll t- take the names out that we, we was aware of. We saw it spotted around social media, unbeknownst that these are actually people that we knew. But social media had absolutely, you know, s- dissected the whole incident. Everyone had seen it. Um, you know, there was a 10,000-word thesis on it that was submitted to Sheffield University. You know, that type of real, you know, dissection on social David, media. David, come on.
0: Sheffield University, at least use the proper university. Come on.
1: I'm giving them the opportunity. The vices are coming on. Giving them the opportunity, just a little bit of airtime, not much. You know, be, you know, be kind to thy neighbour and all that, Malarka. Um, but, <laughs> but, well, yeah, true. Um But no, on a serious point, social media does have that ability to blow something way out of proportion. Um, and you know, maybe you know, it's it all stems to people just thinking before you type. Before you know, unless you're fishing, um, think before you press tweet. Think, you know, just just give yourself a second. Do you really want to pull that? Yeah, then go for it. But consequences come with it if you're bothered about
0: them. Also, if if you're going to reply to somebody else's, think before you reply as well. Because I, I'd, I'd the thing that I'm not, we're not. I'm not going to open the debate to people of I've got an opinion and and that kind of malarque, because that's a completely different debate for a di- completely different day. But. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, that's fine. But if you're complaining about somebody putting their opinion or somebody doing something that you didn't like at the game and then you're passively, aggressively tweeting about it after the game with no names and just saying, oh, this has happened and I can't believe it it's disgusting, and then it starts a big Twitter debate. And I just think, is that not just as just as bad? I mean, to an extent, and not in the same context, but what's the point? I, Lyndon Springer summed it up the best. I don't think gretha ever expect me to say that, but I, no, I, I, believe, I believe in his statement that he put out on Twitter after the incident um, in the Mass Brawl game, uh, following following his ban. I believe he he, he put a statement out apologising for the incident and actually said on there uh, he said something along the lines of, I don't see Twitter or social media being a productive and positive uh, board for discussion and promotion of the sport, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, that's not exactly what he said, but I can't fault him. As much as you might laugh and go, Ha, oh, he's done something wrong and he's apologised on Twitter, the content of what he said was, was pretty spot on. Because I think if you look at all the good and the bad that's come from Twitter, I'm, I'm pretty sure the bad would outweigh the good on a lot of times, particularly with fan interaction.
2: I definitely agree with that. I, just, Lyndon did sum up perfectly. He even said he, he was pretty much quitting social media because he doesn't see anything good about it, which in most cases, especially the one with the incident up in five, is definitely right. I mean, I'm sure Grant, you'll be able to back me up on this. Back in the old Super League days, we didn't really have, obviously, we didn't have the social media, so all we could do was, like, look on C-Facts or something. We couldn't really express our opinions.
1: Could you imagine Twitter, the bench clearance in Nottingham? Could you imagine just the, the, the social media outrage on that bench clearance? Or oh, the one where Trumbly came out of the party box. New Year's right. Eve? Yeah. New Year's Eve, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine it? Oh my God, Blazell's punched the opposition coach. Oh, this is a disgrace. Hashtag get him out. You, what, you, you know, I just dread to think. But Twitter, you're right. Well,
0: Twitter, another one to throw in now is a more recent one, which saw as Twitter was kind of developing, was the um, the panthers Blaze one, where Cruikshank went after... At Kowalski at the time in the net yes and that again I mean Twitter was a thing that I believe just about but it certainly wasn't to the extent that it is now it certainly wasn't everybody and their mothers literally having Twitter like so you know I mean I think I maybe even saw the video first on Twitter if I don't actually know I might be watching on Sky but you know the, the video emerged on Twitter I think I probably watched it numerous times on Twitter after the incident itself but that didn't explode, can you imagine now if somebody just skate, if somebody was being escorted off the ring, just turned round and absolutely trained his way to the goalie, can you imagine the
1: outroar now yes sometimes you wish it was like what it was back in the the early uh, noughties, and you you may have had the odd forum here and there and that was about it Um, but then again, they were used at the time you know, just for people to meet up and you get to know opposition fans, and, and you enjoyed hockey and you enjoyed talking about it. Where's they're not now, but that's another discussion for another uh, podcast. Um, but yeah, just to think what uh, and uh, you know Andy Brazil, play, that playoff where he challenged the whole air bench. Imagine social media with that. You know, we're, we're just picking it, it's one incidences here and there. I mean, and the Super League has, has had its fair share of incidences. No, I've got it. Derek Campbell <laughs>
0: and the blow up after Derek Campbell got what was it a forty seven game suspension or something along those lines? Yeah. Can you can you imagine Twitter after that? God. What was it twelve for attempt and eye gouge, ten for a headbutt? <laughs> like, God. he have been he been plastered. It'd, 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 there's no doubt about it. Nowadays, if that happened now, it would it'd be trending. It'd literally be trending. Because the amount that he gets tweeted about,
1: it would but, yeah. It's. Uh, can
0: well, you imagine think... if the? Can you imagine if the Elite League Sorry to tried to show you? But can you imagine if the Elite? I was watching the Pens game the other day. Can you imagine if the Elite League did what the NHL have been doing of like a first time fans or getting fans that have slated hockey or slated teams off on Twitter and dragged them to a game to sit there to be videoed watching a game and then see how the reaction changes at the end. Can you imagine if the Elite League scoured through Twitter, picked some of the worst tweets and dragged the fans up to like sit there and watch a game on the media? Can you imagine the reaction?
1: <laughs> hey, that would be somewhat interesting. It, 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 you'd certainly get a different um, outlook at all. Um, yeah, that would be something where <laughs> that would be fun to watch. Um, But yeah, I mean... We all we all use social media a lot for what, for all the things that we do personally now and our, you know the the fundraising with the All Stars, but I think that's probably the worst thing. Is something goes wrong, it's the vehicle straight away, and you don't have to. It's the one thing that I'll say the forbidden name in British hockey, Dave Sims. He says you put your name to it, your opinion's fine. It's when you have the ability to put a fake name. With a fake username, no accountability, but you can still say you still have that opinion. You can fly the flag. Um, yeah, it's it's there's the one thing bad about social media. I mean, just just an instant, I just remembered reading from you know back in the 80s. Obviously I obviously weren't even a hockey fan then, but there was an incident between five for Murrayfield where something bad happened in five on the Saturday by the Sunday. There's an effigy of one of the players hanging up at Murrayfield Ice Rink. Could you imagine social media now if that happened? The mind you know, boggles. It literally did, boggles. I, I, don't, I don't know. Let's just say um, Lyndon Springer's next visit to Fife and there's an effigy hanging uh, m- m- at you know, the roof of Cocotte. Imagine social media, just the outrage on it.
0: Absolute quality. It'd be reading for days. Wouldn't you? you'd, have, you'd have reading material for literally weeks. Oh, um, just sales, from that one incident. Sales of popcorn
1: would go for the roof.
0: Yeah. But anyway, well we'll steer away from the negatives. I feel like we're we're going down a very slippery slope of just slating social media as a whole and the negative output now. Um so we'll steer away, we'll steer to the positive. Uh, and again I'm I'm quite happy with the consistency of how we've managed to steer into this one. Um Adam Keith has has shown the flip side of social media, um, and he has shown um you know really, really the positives that could come out of it. Um there was a Belfast fan, I'll not name names, but there was a Belfast fan that basically tweeted saying, living a skint life before the, the the Challenge Cup finals means it's the webcast for me. Um, and basically, obviously, tagged Giants in saying, you know, let's go with the game, hopefully take the four points away. Obviously, two big games coming up for the Giants and the Devils. Um, Adam Keith has tweeted back and said, "I've got two tickets left. Uh, appreciate your support for the cup final in Cardiff. Will DM you the info on how to collect. Enjoy the big game." What, uh, what a move by Keith there! I'm trying to avoid Dave's forbidden word. Um, what a move there! Because in fairness, if you're going to use it, that is the that is the context to use it. Yeah, here. Dave, would you like yeah. to tell everybody what the forbidden word is? I feel like that sounds a bit weird out of
1: context. For me, it's the it's the worst C bomb in hockey class or classy but like you just said if ever it was well warranted to be used this move by adam keith it is one thing you say about adam keith and everyone says you know he's a rookie coach but i tell you the one thing he has advantage over any other coach is he gets his team and he gets the city if ever you had a man who just got belfast and, they, and you speak to a lot of people who have been watching them for eight years. That's the one thing they say utmost above everything else is Adam Keith gets Belfast. He understands it all. And that's why there's such a love for Adam Keefe. Um And in fairness, it, it's, you know, when he got one of the assistant coaches role for Great Britain last year, and he's done it this year, and we're all a bit, he's not even finished his first season but you could understand why when you see him in action you see the way he interacts and the way he he appreciates um, hockey fans you, you 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 can't fail but just to admire the guy and just you know tip your hat to him and say you know well, that is just a quality move from you know just
2: a class gesture from from a good man yeah it is a, it's a brilliant gesture from Keith i mean you normally see those kind of things in like, like the NHL, for example, or the AHL, or East Coast League, that you'll see on like TSN or something. But when you you see it like so close to, the well, pretty much so close to you because it's the same league that like your team supports you supporters in, it's brilliant. I mean, even as a a Storm fan, I have a a lot of respect for Keith as a coach himself because he's. He, he's, done, he's doing wonders with the team. As a, a second-year coach, and he's got them into the Conte Cup final, won the Challenge Cup, is challenging for the Elite League Trophy, and then in the CHL next year. What more could you want from a coach?
0: Yeah. I know, absolutely. Absolutely. The one thing for me from this is just as everything seems to be really going south with the you know the the reputation of of the the sport and just just the whole way that social media is being used just the negative way that social media is being used i I think Adam Keith has just picked but more more of a coincidence probably than anything, but he's just picked the perfect moment there to just come out with an absolute quality move um to show the kind of person that he is and, and really to show the flip side of it, to show the better side of social media uh, and, you know, to give their fans a, a real, what I imagine was an absolutely huge pick-meal. Um So, a- absolutely fantastic move. The thing is with Adam Keefe, he's, he's in a very, very unique situation in, in one aspect, particularly as a coach, because you don't see necessarily, particularly in this league, you don't necessarily see a lot of people that did Keefe's role on the ice then become a coach. So you've got Finity as well. So, you know, they're the two main ones in the league at the moment. They are very much both in a unique position in that aspect of they're, they're a win-win with how they are because they get people saying, Oh yeah, I, you know, I love Adam Keith, I love Finity, you know, for reasons like this, like, like what Keith's done on Twitter. And then you get other people that say, oh, I hate Keith" or I hate Finity. And the thing is, the reason that they hate them is nothing, bad that they've done nothing that they've done off the ice, not because they've ever spoken to them, but because they remember that one game where Keith checked someone and then dropped the gloves or affinity gave someone a slash and then dropped the gloves. And then they all had a bit of a brawl 99% of the people that hate people like Keith, that turn into coaches hate them because they've done their job well. So it's a, almost a bit of a win-win in terms of what people think, but I don't think there's any, any single person that can turn around and put a downer on, on this. This is a, an absolutely quality move. Um, and really, really, you have to tip your cap to Adam Keith on that one. It's... Fair claim. So um, putting that one to bed, guys, I think um, I thought you were going to say something then, Dave. I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> I did enough. And I just it lost it.
0: <laughs> Fairly. Um, yeah, well, put, put that one to bed then if, if nobody else has got anything to add. Um, I think we're coming to the latter part of the podcast, a bit of a shorter one this week. We're not going over the two-hour mark today. Um, we've got a few questions this week, Dave. Indeed we have. Um, very accusatory. <laughs>
1: It was, yes. Um, again, as ever, thank you very much for those who have sent the questions in. Um, we'll start um, with one of our regular listeners, Craig Day. Thank you very much. And uh, his question is, and i ask it to you first and I'll answer. Um, would you rather be in the Nottingham Panthers position, where they're guaranteed a the spot and nothing to play for, or would you rather be in the, in the position of, let's say, Sheffield and Manchester, Coventry, where they've got a lot to play for, come the, the playoff part of the season that may be spent what, what side of the coin would you rather be on that's excluding that you can't be Belfast or Cardiff who are you know they're there in the playoffs and they're just fighting for a title how
2: dare they <laughs> scandalous yeah, I mean I personally I as much as I love to be guaranteed a playoff spot straight away I'm liking how it is at the moment. I mean, it's more entertaining in hockey because you don't know if your team's going to make the playoffs. You winning, you winning a game, and then you are checking straight away on like live score or the website to check. All right, who's actually has Coventry won or has Dundee won or has who's dropped points today? Are we are we moving up? are we getting that playoff spot are we in there now it's more it's as a hockey fan it's much better you see in better hockey and it's it brings it brings it to me more entertaining for yourself as well I'd much rather be in the position we're in now yeah and also
0: it means that you can't bottle it once you get to the final eight Um. (laughs) still time still time this is, well, OK, it also means you're less likely to bottle it when it comes to the final eight, just in case you don't get there. Um, no, but, you know, that that aside, um, I, no, I agree with you, to be fair. The, the, the thing is, it, it, I don't mean this is a dig to anybody that doesn't watch the sport as a whole. I think you can probably tell from listening to this that all three of us generally enjoy watching the sport, whether it's the Steelers or the Storm or just another interleague. Game where we're not involved, um, you know, or whether it's GB, or whether we're talking completely different. We all know um, how sad Dave is today because it's the first podcast in a while he's not mentioned the CHL. Um, <sighs> you know, we were discussing the CHL final when it had nothing to do with any domestic teams. Um, you know, we we like watching the NHL. I, I think it depends almost on your kind of how much you enjoy watching the sport when your team's not involved. That's not that's not a dig. You can completely enjoy just you know the sport just to watch your team. That's fine, but for me, if I'm going to a playoff finals weekend where the Steelers aren't involved, I'm still going to have a good weekend and that's that's the key thing. I know I, yeah well yeah there there'll be a few drinks sunk we'll uh, we'll be putting a few pounds towards bunkers don't worry um but yeah that, that's that's the thing for me it, it's and I think that's kind of the turning point I think that's that's on one of one of the aspects is one of the things that have made the decision for you We're watching some great hockey now. Um, maybe not so much last night but generally <laughs> speaking we're watching a lot of teams fighting for position um, you know as, as Gref says we're all checking the scores every time the game finishes even if your team wins it's not all over in the day you've still got to wait for every game to finish so you know exactly where the table's setting out this week um, you've also got the added extra of probably 90% of the league have picked who they want to win between the Giants and the Devils so they're also probably trying to kind of root in for one or the other it's very exciting it is an exciting time, and for me, if we get to watch that excitement, and then at the end of it we don't get in it, but we get to see Manchester or Dundee or Coventry go up and put a good push in the playoffs, as long as I'm seeing some good hockey in the final four weekend,
1: I don't mind. I, I, I'm with you in the aspect of I'd like to see the, the excitement up to the end of the season I want to see that but I disagree with, with Craig in one massive aspect and I'm surprised that you've picked it up, is I think they've got a heck of a lot to play for because with their results, they're not guaranteed a top four spot and I think if they end up finishing 5th to 8th and not having a guaranteed home advantage in the in the two-legged quarterfinal I think that could be such a detrimental to their qualification um, for the final four um, and the aspects of maybe having a neutral perth weekend I don't know. But I, I think they've got a heck of a lot to play for. I think they they need to get a run because, you know, they've they've got rid of the coach over the last month or so. I think that they've got a lot to play for. But in terms of the excitement, I'm I'm with your guys. I'd rather be, you know, chomp at the bit, trying to get the points, see how everyone else is doing. And, you know, that, that excitement of, yes, we've got a bit of a gap, no, or that nervousness of like last night, you know, Coventry win. Manchester win, we lose it's like mm, that's yeah we don't like that not not at all so but you know it's I think the the one point I'd like definitely is it, is it depends on how you watch your game do you watch and what enjoy hockey in whatever form whatever team or is it just you are a Sheffield or a Manchester or a Nottingham or a Belfast or a Cardiff or any other hockey team that you just their fan and you don't care about anybody else just them which neither is wrong you no
0: know? that, yeah that's the key thing there's nothing wrong with either of them no, it, it no. just depends on your outtake of the game. You know, none of us are saying that we don't want to see our team there. Um, you know, we'd rather we'd probably rather see um, our team there, even if it does mean that the, the 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 weekend has a bit more tension about it. But um, I mean, Gref, I'll, I'll ask you that because you've had a couple where there's been no tension recently. So, is it better without the tension? <laughs> <or? laughs> no, joking aside, joking aside. You know, it, it, you know, none of us are saying that we don't want to see our team there. But the thing is, if they're not there, we'll be disappointed, but we're still going to see some good hockey. We're still going to have a good weekend, and that's the thing. On the back of this, just before you go to the next question, because it it kind of links in with the way that different people respond to the game, um, one of the teams that you could argue have nothing to play for in terms of qualification are obviously Glasgow. Now, they're sitting in third position in the league, stellar season for them. And I I just want to give a shout out to them, not necessarily their team, but their fans over the last few days on Twitter, the response to their team. you know, to see that fan base, I know there's been some discussion as to whether it's been Glasgow or MK that have been the loudest at playoffs, but the last few, you know, we've seen a fair few seasons since Glasgow came back into the league or Brayhead at the time where their fans were absolutely thunderous. They weren't even there. And they were absolutely fantastic. So it's it's really nice to see this season to see their fans just brimming with pride over a team that really really has um, delivered the goods this season. It is it is really good to see.
1: Now I've got a little, got a lot of love for Brayheadstroke Stroke uh, Glasgow fans. There they do bring a party. Um, they, they are they they don't care if they're there or not. Um, they they are just great to have in a rink. They are great atmosphere. Um, and before and after games, they are you know some some of the best you know. Just, just to be around, you know they're very sociable, you know, and yeah, it's good for them. They deserve it after a couple of barren years. Um, I'm, you know, I'm all happy, and uh, it's good to see the TV coach Pete Russell doing a good job there as well.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, what, moving on to the next question, then what what else have uh, what else have we got?
1: So we have, yes, uh, so next one from Danny Hudson. Uh, thank you very much. Um, very Steelers oriented, but would it be better for the Steelers to not make the playoffs? to aid the rebuild. So I'm, I'm reading this as more of a, we've not met the playoffs and then we can spend more time rebuilding.
0: I'll, I'll take this first, Griff, if that's all right. Um, go for it. No, no disrespect to the question. It's a great question. My honest opinion, no. Um, it means probably certain players would be forced into making a decision. Had, you know, you have to go through the teams and figure out who obviously would, the coach and staff or... We don't know who the coaching staff will be at the end of the season, obviously, so who the general management staff would be wanting to return from this season. Obviously, it's not been a great season for the team. That's not slating any players, but obviously we're going to be looking for some kind of shuffle. Um, we don't know what Barrasso is going to be doing. Uh, so that's another big question. So from a perspective of it, it, might nudge people into giving their decision one way or the other. So it might mean if Barrasso suddenly turns around, if we don't make playoffs and says, that right, right, season's over, I'm going and I'm not coming back then it means we can move on and sign a coach. We can start to rebuild there from a perspective of actually building a team from that point. I don't think there's a great deal of advantage to it because around that time of the year, a lot of your players aren't going to be looking at, um, you know, they aren't going to be looking at making signings. They tend to wait for the end of the playoffs in a lot of leagues, the end of the world championships, you know, the end of the end of junior junior's playoffs and things like that, the people turning 1920 and, and coming up into that kind of area. So there's a lot of, time to wait, you tend to see probably a month or so put in a very, very vague time limit before the signings start to pick up at least after playoffs. I don't think it would give us that much of an advantage, but I do think it would give us an advantage of, I think, certain people may give us an answer. So we may get an answer out of Barrasso and then be able to move on and say, this is our coach and we know where we're going. Yeah,
2: as a a neutral in this respect, I mean, last season you were in the final four Um, yeah the day after you released nine players so that was a fun day yeah it's so I don't really I mean the one respected yeah you you probably get an answer out of Russell quick enough I mean you could turn it into like a a remake of I'm a Celeb <laughs> my god <True. laughs> And get me out of there. <laughs> it could be yeah. that but you know or as <laughs> I like
0: to point out at the start when he signed for us I'm a version of the trophy winning goalie I'm two times Stanley Cup winner get me out of here exactly yeah
2: you could get it from some of your players as well that yeah the coaching staff want them to keep on but they might say yeah we don't want to actually, we don't actually want to stay yeah but they could say that as well
0: just one thing to throw out to you as well Greff obviously just to make it more applicable to you obviously Manchester are in a similar scenario you may not go for a rebuild tagged as a rebuild like we might because we went for a rebuild last year and it didn't come to any real avail but put it put put it on put a spin on with the storm do you think it would give you guys any, any benefit to not make the playoffs so that you can get some time to step back and think right what we're we doing next season he's basically the same question just for the storm instead of the years
2: I'd, I'd still say the exact same well, I mean obviously with Shenandoah will still be the coach um, I mean he's still, uh, I'm assuming he'll still be the coach I mean he does have a I think he has like part of like a share or something in like the storm as well so I mean if he wanted to take the GM role and give someone else a coaching role fair play See, I think I
0: think Finner would make a great GM
2: because he, think s- he, he signs
0: well. up some fantastic players um, he had a difficult time in Sheffield and signed some brilliant players and just they just didn't necessarily come together on the ice and I just think it would be great to see Finner signing a team and then, do you know what would be a great pairing if we mixed and uh, and had Finner as a GM and Barasso as a coach just to see what the outcome of that would be because I think that would get some nasty results
2: And that that would probably be pretty good as well be like an
0: all-star team yeah <laughs> the
2: all-star playoff dropout team <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, in terms of my answer I'm, it's another couple of weeks I don't think that's going to make much of a difference um, then again though I wouldn't be surprised if the rebuild's already started you know they've already said that they will internally negotiate and sign the British players and then whoever the coach is will bring his own imports in so they're already planning now for the 1920 season, so I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Um, it may take the pressure off, off the club and, and give them the, um, the, the kick up the backside. Um, the one thing I, I'll say as a classic example, when Cardiff missed the quarter-final section of the playoffs for the first time ever, and well we all see now, timing-wise with the new owners, but it was like, wow, this can't happen again. And, and look how they've gone. So... Who knows I, me personally I'm not sure it' make a difference, but if it happened, it would be a bad thing. Um, but thank you very much uh, for that question. Uh, last question we've had is from Pete Roebuck. Um, he, he's named mainly Sheffield and the suburb to the rest of the elite league, but he's asking, who do we think are the, the unsung or the underrated players of the elite league this year
2: For me I'm obviously I'm going to go home, be a homer. I can see unsung. Well, yeah, unsung, I'd probably say it. After his season last year, you wouldn't have thought he would have had as big of a season this year. But I'm going to secure and long. I mean, don't come too much of a surprise to you two, but you know, he's what the top British point scorer at the moment. It wouldn't have thought that after last season.
0: It was, yeah, for me, um, if you look across the league, um i think at the start of the season ben lake would definitely be a name that that i'd throw in not obviously now stats showing something different but i don't think he necessarily um got the reaction that you might expect if you looked at his stats now um i would say I'd, I'd throw a goalie in there i'd throw patrick killing for for mk i think when he's played against us he's been outstanding um long time, a lot of experience in the AHL and, and he shows a reason for that. Obviously they've, uh, you know, they've obviously had a few issues on the ice. Um, and I mean, you, you look at, look at Tyler Beskarowani. Um, he was, he was between the pipes in Edinburgh. Um, you know, didn't necessarily have the best stats, but he he was a stellar netminder. Somebody saw that potential, signed him up in Belfast and look at him now. So I, I think a similar thing with Killeen. I think he's very, I think he's underrated. Um, I'll bring it back home. So, and I think the question, like you said, specifically Steelers and, and Storm, it's quite difficult <laughs> at a time when you've just been having 6-1 by Clam. But, um, yeah, I would say when he was signed, I'd say Anthony De Luca. Um, I said, I think I said to you, Dave, about two two games in, and I said, this guy's got some skill, and he was being slated because he was playing two shifts on the fourth line. But those two shifts, he'd go up, split the D, and then just narrowly miss out on the goal. Uh, all of a sudden, he's our he's our powerhouse. Um, taking that away now, probably from this from this point on, I'd probably say Brandon Whistle. I think Brandon Whistle does a lot when he's on the ice, um, and he doesn't get the ice time a lot. But when he does, he shows why he
1: deserves it. That would have been my Sheffield player. Um, oh, I'd go for you. Know, like I said, he never lets anybody down when he's on the ice. He always puts a proper shift in, um, and you know. Hopefully, you know, if he comes back next year, gets more eye time and just carries on that fame. The two I had um, in terms of unsung underrated, I went for another goalie, um, but I went north the board. I went Shogun uh, to Dundee. Yeah, we all said at the beginning of the podcast that he'd be one that would make the difference for him, but I just think he, he's kept under the radar in terms of stats for, for goalies in the league this year um, and, and gave, is given Dundee a, a great opportunity of making uh, the postseason. Um, another player that you may not think is also underrated but if you look at the rest of his teammates um gleson um, At um Cardiff he's he's doing it having, having a stellar season um everyone knows about him but he's complete he's very much for me underrated in terms of who else he has with him you know haddad um, Head, and all the other players that they have that, you know, yeah uh, and Benny blood at the beginning of the season they have that that stack of players and then you find California. So, you know, they're the ones I'd go for. Um, so, yeah, Pete, thank you for much of that question. And as ever, each week we love people's questions. It gives us something else to talk about. It breaks up the uh, the show.
0: It does break up the show. Dave, you're steering away from one more question that we received. Um but I'm going to throw it in because it's funny, um, it's different. We're saying it breaks it up, breaks it up from hockey completely. Um,
1: oh, yes. Uh, I just, did, <laughs> just didn't want to get the credits it deserves. <laughs> so we've, we've got a
0: question from Benno Thompson, uh, who has asked the question, which of us is the fussiest
1: eater? Um, well, you can rule me out because I, I like food. Obviously my physique gives it away. I wouldn't say I'm particularly. I'll, I'll throw fussy that in either. straight away, you know, before it gets used.
0: I wouldn't say I'm particularly fussy. I'll, if, it, if something gets put in front of me, I'll eat it. Um, I think there are two contenders for this. One of them's not here, obviously. As there's no real for as to who it's going to be. There's only four of us, and we've come. <laughs> a new day. We, we've ruled us two out. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's only two that we can really consider for this. Um, one of them eats corn on the cob with a knife and fork, um, which is just baffling. Uh, and then the other just has some strange dislikes to very common food. Gref um, will do this in a very much like a a very, very dumbed-down naked attraction kind of way. Would you like to reveal which one you are? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm the one that doesn't like cheese.
0: Yeah, Gref doesn't like cheese or butter, um, which, as you can imagine, has a bit of an, a bit of an effect on what you will eat when you've had a few drinks and you're looking for a kebab. Um <laughs> or a pizza. Um so yeah. I my vote I don't think Andy's particularly fussy with food. I think he just eats porn on the cob with a knife and fork, which he's probably done it once. Uh, we just and, I happen to notice
1: And the lettuce on his pizza.
0: And the lettuce on his pizza, yeah, we'll give him that as well, the lettuce on his pizza. But now I think I don't know what you think, Dave. We've only got three of us, um, and even Greff's pointing at himself. I think the fussiest eater has to go to Greff.
1: I think he's just trying to win something, isn't
0: he? I think we'll, we'll, we'll give a subtitle so that both of them win. So we'll give Gref the the, uh, the fussy eater title. We'll give Andy the eccentric eater title, given the fact that I don't think many people <laughs> eat, eat uh, corn on the cob with a knife of wool.
1: Yeah, I'd go with that.
0: Yeah, we'll go with that. Sounds I There you go, it. Benno. There is your completely non-hockey-related question. <laughs> Um, answered. if you do want to ask us any more questions um, do feel free um, my job as always to, to point out the social media even when Dave's not got any European team names to uh, to give a shout out to um, we are at MFZ podcast on Twitter we are My and Zamboni podcast on Facebook so do feel free to um, comment on any of our posts drop us a, a DM or tweet us with your questions we do try and get around to them all um, as you can see even the non-hockey related ones um, so yeah Ask you some questions, as we say, it helps us span out and it helps us to come up with, with questions that we wouldn't have thought of. Um, but, again, three weeks on the trot. I have not forgotten the predictions section, so we're going strong. Um, so, yeah, we're on the uh, the last stage, I guess, now, guys. Um, we've got a few games coming up next week. We've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Um, we were pretty even last week. 14 games to bet. To, I was going to say bet on them. 14 games to predict last week. Uh, Andy and Gref, you were the uh, you were the slow runners. It was seven each uh, that you got right. Uh, I was on nine. No, I was on eight. I've got it in front of me. Um, and Dave was on nine. So we were all over the 50% mark, which is always good. Um, if you put any accumulators on our bet, you can definitely tell it went sour when we all said Sheffield were going to beat Clan yesterday. Um, so I think we'll put that one to bed. Um, but for this week uh, Friday is the first game um, Belfast versus Cardiff we'll go Gref, Dave and then me, sorry
2: alright, uh, I'm going to say Cardiff yeah, Cardiff
0: i would say Belfast it's got a bit different because then when you get it right you look really like, good um, you mean smug good, smug I class them as the same thing No, I'm joking. I'm not that kind of person. Um, He is. I knew
1: Gref, that was exactly what he was
0: thinking. Charmed, I'm sure. Um, You're welcome. Then then we move on to Saturday. We have the rerun. It's Belfast versus the Devils again.
2: See, this one, I'm going to say Belfast. I've just got a horrible that It's going to be Cardiff again. Sorry, Cardiff.
0: I'm going to split it again because, Gref, you're on your own this time. I'm going to say Cardiff. I think they're going to split it uh, then we've got MKV Storm Gref. Just say Manchester so we can all move on. Manchester, <laughs> well, I've got to remember not to write M because they're both M.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't got Andy picking up on the um the initials, system, so we'll say. yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll go Storm,
0: yeah, we'll go Storm again for me. Um, uh, Nottingham Clan, Clan, Clan. Be nice to see Clan beat Nottingham after they hammered us yesterday, so I'm going to say Clan as well. Um, Sheffield, Coventry.
1: Coventry. No, I think Sheffield will win on Pride Night. This is
0: tough, but I'm bearing in mind the fact that we lost in a shootout against Coventry in their barn. Um, I think if we get an early goal, we could turn the building into a bit more of an atmosphere than it had yesterday, so I'm going to go with. I'll say Sheffield on this one. Uh, then we've got Flyers stars. Dundee. You just hate Flyers. You always go against Flyers. Why
2: don't we give you that idea?
1: Some of the things we can't really say on the podcast. Um, but we're going to keep the 80s party going. And I'm going to say Dundee. And I am going
0: to say the Flyers just because of the distaste for the 80s party. Um, <laughs>
2: Coventry Fife.
1: Coventry. Yeah, Coventry.
0: Yeah, full house on that one. I'd say Coventry as well. Manchester Sheffield, Gref, do you wanna just get this out of the way again or
2: so I say with you guys then, so I'm gonna say Manchester, you guys are gonna say Sheffield. So I'm saying Manchester.
1: Yeah, but we'll go with with Sheffield.
0: I'm gonna go Manchester. No more Panther Joe. Um and then we've got Guildford, Glasgow.
2: See, so that's going to be a tricky one. I don't it know. is because they're both G. Well, one's GC, so you know, fine. I'm going to say Flames. Um,
1: uh, in my answer to your question, Altringham Joe, uh, I'm going to go with Glasgow.
0: I didn't even realise I asked the question. <laughs> I'm, I've done it again, I've put G. Um, <laughs> um. we'll just pretend that's a really weird swiggly C. Um I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Glasgow as well. We could kind of hope it'd help us out in a playoff push. Um final two, we've got Devil's Clan. Devils in Cardiff. In Cardiff, Devils. Yeah, Devils. If it was in Glasgow I'd have possibly been hedging my bets with Card- uh, with with Cardiff uh, I'd have been possibly hed- hedging my bets with Klan um, but given that it's in Cardiff I, I'll say Devils so full house on that one final game, Fife versus Belfast Belfast yeah, Belfast I think will pick up on free sport yep, yeah, and once again we've got a full house on Wednesday, we all know how that turned out last time, thanks for that Steelers uh, and again it involves the Clan, but I'm going to go with Glasgow again um, hold on, what's going on here? One job, Joe, one job I'm very confused right now, hold on Right, hold on, Gref, who, Gref, who did you say? In that five Belfast game I
2: said Belfast
0: I know, I wrote G and then I said Glasgow instead of Giants um, I, I also you said, said in the you Fife said giants.
1: Belfast game, I said the Giants to win in five versus Belfast.
0: Well, don't take my hints that Glasgow are going to win this game because <laughs> you certainly don't know anything for that. Um, I wrote a G down. I'm going with the Giants, and uh, it's probably a good job for it at the end of this podcast.
1: If ever you um, need a hint that not to take our predictions, credit to the book is that it, they it sums it up, guys. If you're listening, don't listen to our predictions. We can't even get the teams right who are playing. Never mind the scores.
0: The sad thing is, that's not the first time I've done that either, so... No, it's not. I, at least I didn't forget like what takes up 90% of my page this time. So, you know, we're, we're on the up. We've
1: got two months left of the season, mate. You, you can get to the end of the season and you know, we'll, we'll be proud of you.
0: Yes, I'll have a rebuild at the end of the season and start again. Um, anyway, so we're at the end of the podcast for this week. Once again, we're at MFZ Podcast on Twitter, My on Boney podcast on Facebook. Keep the uh, hashtag Dutton. I want to see that trending, or I want to see somebody tweet that that isn't one of us four. Um, but for now, we've come to the end of another episode, so thank you very much, Dave.
1: Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you very much, Graf, and hashtag Dutton?
0: Yeah, and once again, hashtag who is Gareth Dutton, as we say. Thank you very much to Gareth Dutton himself. Thank you, Gref.
2: Thank you, Joe. And you also missed out the hashtag of Maureen from article We can't forget Maureen from oh, Atticler.
0: How can you forget Maureen? That's is bit, that what Andy is, point, is today? Is, 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 is he going to met up with Maureen?
1: I uh, think I, so. I, I can't confirm or deny. But it's, it's, it's only a rumour. Um, so, but uh, it's a bit harsh on Maureen. She's done She's done nothing wrong. She's just a regular listener. <laughs> it's a bit harsh, Joe. Sorry,
0: but no for this week obviously hopefully we'll have Andy back next week but for me as well thank you very much for listening um, and as I say that's been another episode of My Fancy Zamboni, thanks a lot